turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. And welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Obscurities, the podcast where we look back on old cartoons that you feel like only you remember. And we're not alone today, guys. We have a special guest on today's episode. Please introduce, please join me in introducing Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm not sure what else to say. Like, I don't... (laughs) You can I don't, say your pronouns or or I mean, whatever you want. She, yeah, she, her. Uh, my name is Sarah. She, her pronouns. I am an internet lurker. I don't have a podcast <laughs> like your other guests. And I'm just <laughs> like, this, okay. this, is, this is my first. This is Thank a special so- moment. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Sarah reached out to us on Twitter recommending the show we're watching today, Mummies Alive. Uh, and... Uh, said that they had never been on a podcast before, so I asked them to come on. So I'm uh, so thankful that you joined us and that you appreciate our show. <laughs> Thank, you. I, Thank you. I am thankful that there are other people who exist who remember this show. <laughs> it is it is my go-to show that whenever I offhandedly mention it, people don't know what I'm talking about. And then I go and like link images or like references and they still have no clue. So I'm glad other people know it exists. Time to spread the good word of mummies alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. They are they are alive. They are alive. <laughs> We've seen them. Uh, before we get into Mummies Alive, uh, we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby Doo, where we talk about any new content or shows or whatever that we've been watching and enjoying recently. Uh, Mel, do you have a what's new Scooby Doo? I do, yeah. It's very small. I just want to say that over the weekend I watched Spider-Man Homecoming again. I'm sure you're familiar. Mm. It's a wonderful film. I was watching it on a Blu-ray, and when the movie was over, the Blu-ray just auto-played all of its special features without us having to click the remote. So it went on to play uh, immediately after the film The Blooper Reel, which is a delight. And then an extended version of Peter's little film he made about going to Germany and fighting in Captain America Civil War and all these deleted scenes and like a full length school like news broadcast video, which is one of the finest facets of the Spider-Man films is that (laughs) Windows Movie Maker style uh, school news program that Betty Brandt is on. So... Just letting you know that those beautiful secrets lie out there for you, too, on Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray and DVD. You heard it here first, folks. I was actually, I actually pulled out my Spider-Man Homecoming DVD because I forgot that the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney Plus right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was planning on rewatching that. So now, maybe now I'll just let that play and do that same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely frequently on my Netflix. Like, we watch it a lot, but... Yeah, I need to go pick it up on like Blu-ray and see what else is going on. I yeah, I'm very excited about this Windows Movie Maker feature. <laughs> uh, Sarah, do you have anything new you've been enjoying recently? Uh, the only thing I've really been watching and keeping up with right now is uh, an anime on Crunchyroll called "So I'm a Spider, So What." <laughs> uh, it's it's an isekai anime 
where a girl gets reincarnated as a spider and so does her rest of her class gets reincarnated mostly as people and it's kind of interesting it's a little bit on the gory side and from what my partner tells me it's going to get darker as it goes oh uh, yeah it's like on season one right now releasing weekly in Japanese on Fridays and it's kind of slowly catching up in English dubs if that's more your speed but it's been delightful so far nice yeah that one has definitely been on my list uh big big isekais I've been watching were like you know rise of the of the shield knight and you know uh Nope, mostly that one. That's the only one that I can think of right now, but I, I have been watching a few more. I'm not uh, up to date on anime. Is isekai the term for when a, a, a youth is reincarnated into another creature or dimension? It's, or it's or it goes exactly into like a video okay. game or a fantasy world or stuff like that, basically. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The, uh, there was another one that was like, all routes lead to doom my life in a romance story or something like that. <gasps> Oh my where God. a girl was reincarnated in a uh, in a romance game where she was playing the villain. And she's like, <laughs> everything I do ends with me either being killed or deported from this country. So I need to befriend all these players and all these characters in order to prevent that. That's another fun isekai. That, that sounds kind of amazing. Yeah, I think that's also on Crunchyroll. Might um, have to take a look. I think it's My Life as a Villainess is the name of it. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, is she the anime, antagonist or is she the villain? Well, give me the distinction, please. Uh, I think a, a, a villain wears elbow-length gloves and cackles. Uh, maybe has cronies. Okay. Give me an example. I don't know. Like, is she... <laughs> Like there's a different like yeah, yeah. like Roger Klotz is an antagonist, but he's not a villain. <laughs> no, he should be a villain. Though, <laughs> that description, he should have arm length gloves and mooks. Right, Gary Oak is an antagonist. Team Rocket are villains. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Uh, she is, I think, the villain. Oh, uh, okay, okay. She's. I mean, she describes herself as a villainess, but like. I don't think there's a bad guy in the show. I think it's just her. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of huh. like Overlord or something. Okay. But yeah, uh, speaking of anime, I've been watching a Chinese uh, webcomic adapted into like little web shorts called All Saints Street, mm. uh, which is about a, these are like little four minute episodes with a very catchy intro. And it's a it's in a world where deities, demons, and, and monsters all live in modern day. And this little demon called Neil Bowman, or Nini, moves in to the big city with uh, a vampire named Ira, who's who's a stay-at-home Twitch streamer. <laughs> uh, a, a very, like, squeaky clean, like, cleaning guy uh, who, is the, who is an angel... A wolf man. I can't remember all their names right now. Uh, there's a mummy in there that doesn't speak. He's just kind of the background, kind of comedy character. But yeah, it's incredibly cute. Uh, but yeah, you can watch it all on on YouTube in subtitles. Nice. It's it's not a, it's not a perfect translation, and there's there's some messiness to the subtitles. But other than that, it's it's very entertaining. It sounds yeah. like it. But yeah, I would recommend that. Um, 
Yeah. So today we watched three episodes of Mummies Alive! Exclamation point. Yes. Uh, the important exclamation point. Very important. The uh, episodes we watched were 1, 10, and 19, as recommended by Sarah. Uh, so what did you guys think of Mummies Alive? It, it was a nostalgia like fever dream for me it's like i haven't seen these in over 20 years and it's like i was i was transported back to the world (laughs) of the 90s which is what this show is i think yeah this was this was according to wikipedia this was created in the mummy mania era of the of the 90s where mummies were all the rage I I was one of those kids. If there was Egypt in a show, I was like there for it. Mm-hmm. I think Yu-Gi-Oh was maybe the most successful Egypt adaptation of the '90s. Not the Brendan Fraser mummy. Well, animated adaptation. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah, I now don't the think animated... they animated him. Well, they an- <laughs> animated. They did animate a show called the Mummy Animated Series. Uh, right. And it did have. Yeah, it did have yeah. those characters, but it didn't have Brendan Fraser. And, but in the live action, he is also very animated. That's true. As yeah. a human being, <laughs> I think in his day to day. Oh my You're god, right. that's right! I remember this. This did air like in the same block as Yu Gi Oh, I think. Mm-hmm. Or at least, yeah, right around there. Because I have like brief flashes that exist in my brain that yeah. are coming back now. All I remember was the kid of the show because they had a son uh had like a little gold like wristlet or like bracer mm-hmm. that was stuck on his arm and that was just the plot device of the show that he was stuck with this old relic and it can't get it off and I, for, for <laughs> I a always while, love that <laughs> for a while i thought that's what uh this show was and then i'm like oh no this is just mummies nothing <laughs> else yeah but yeah uh so let's run down some of the facts before we get to the intro. Okay. Mummies Alive, exclamation point, name of the show. Uh, in the created by section, again, this is before they really were giving created bys to like one person. So this was written by Mark Edens, Eric Leewald, and Jared, Julia Leewald. Uh, it was also produced by Ip- Ivan Reitman. Uh, director of Ghostbusters. Uh, wow. Yeah. There were 42 episodes total. It came out uh, starting in 1997. Country of origin was USA and Canada. Production companies were Deke, our big old fans, uh, Northern Lights Entertainment, and Mook Animation. I didn't even realize. Hmm. I need to look into them. But uh, yeah. cause that's, that's what I call... That's what the Morphin Grid calls, like little like henchmen so that's what yeah. i call the henchmen right yeah uh original channel this was one of our first shows i think on the podcast that was syndicated the way syndication works is you could lease the rights to airing a show without working directly through like a, a company that would you know work that out otherwise like it would be exclusively on fox kids or exclusively mm-hmm. on abc so a lot of tv shows uh, tv channels aired this show um, let's see. Adaptations of this show uh, were mostly just action figures, uh, little like five-inch action figures, 
and their main their main feature was they had fright sight these characters deserve to be at least eight inches tall (laughs) if not 11 i mean yeah they they need a car that they can all fit in yeah yeah Yeah. these are like very toyetic characters yes they are you're absolutely right uh yeah the, the fright sight feature was i think you would squeeze their legs and like their eyes would would bulge out and their jaws would drop i had one for uh the real ghostbusters i had one bankman that did that yeah Uh, i I think they they're supposed to do that in the show because i was reading up a little bit on it and there was something mentioned to that but it didn't come up in any of the episodes that i ended up picking yeah which is fine uh (laughs) i do hope that that means that in the show they move they move their leg in closer and their, their eyes bug out as a feature of them being superheroes. <laughs> uh, and finally, our popular voice actors. Uh, most notable in this show is Cree Summer. Yes. Who you will know from almost everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to her INDB page. It's like, what hasn't she been involved in? She's done everything. If you enjoyed a character as a kid, it might have been her voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she was Kida in Atlantis Lost Empire. Yeah. She's Penny in Inspector Gadget. She's number five in oh, uh, Kids Next Doors. Queen. Yeah. She she was uh, in Rugrats. Susie Carmichael. Yeah, Susie Carmichael. She's in a lot of stuff. Oh, she was Nebula in the Guardians t- uh, TV show. Oh, nice. That's fun. Other notable voice actors is uh, Scott McNeil who I believe he plays, uh, come on, this is why I preload these tabs. He <laughs> plays Roth. Scott McNeil, also known for playing a tall character, he plays Piccolo in Dragon Ball Z. Ah! Oh. He's Rat Trap in Beast Wars Transformers. He's, he's Wolverine in X-Men Evolution. I haven't mm. thought about Beast Wars in a long time. What's that? I haven't thought about Beast Wars in a long time. Yeah, Beast Wars is, is one of our... One of the shows that I'm holding off for a guest because I know there are a lot of people out there that were obsessed with that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as Jakal, the main uh, mummy, we have Dale Wilson, uh, who's done a lot of like smaller stuff uh, or stuff we may just not know. Uh, he mostly is known for this. He was in a show called Martin Mystery, and he played Java. Uh, he was in a movie called Stay Tuned as Guy Squirrely. Mel, do you remember Stay Tuned? No. It's a movie that I immediately added to our list because uh, it's about uh, a husband and wife that get trapped in a TV and have to go through the different channels acting out their parts until they can escape. Oh, so it's WandaVision. Oh. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh, he was, also, uh, in, he was also in X-Men Evolution as Principal Kelly. And, go- and Dragon Ball Z is King Yenma. Uh, and finally, uh, playing Presley the Kid was Bill Switzer, who is mostly known for playing Presley. Uh, but he was also in Eerie, Indiana, The <gasps> Other Dimension, oh. as the main kid in that. Oh. Which I didn't even know there was an sh- offshoot series. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he was also in X-Men Evolution as Cannonball. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, and he was in Zoids. Zoids. Were they all in X-Men Evolution? Cree uh, Summers probably was, but I didn't yeah. look far enough. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe we X-Men were in Evolution. X-Men Evolution. 
X-Men Evolution was secretly a Mummies Alive uh, <laughs> right? It's a fan cast. I, I, so, so I've seen uh, uh, a couple years ago, my friend and I decided to go deep into the Night at the Museum franchise of films, which is three films. <laughs> there wasn't mm-hmm. very deep to go. But we, <laughs> we got really into those. It became like a, a, a joke with us, and we consider every movie that has any two actors from Night at the Museum to be like a Night at the Museum dream side universe. An AU. <laughs> I, I think that's how it works. Right. Like the um, Around the World in 80 Days movie starring Steve Coogan, but featuring Owen Wilson in a small supporting role. That's just another dream of Jedediah and Octavius where they met in another life. <laughs> Did you and Jack do this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a you and Jack thing. <laughs> I'm now very emotionally attached to the Night at the Museum films. Honestly, they're very good. You know, you got Oscar winner Rami Malek in there as a mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another it favorite mummy back. to enjoy. Uh, when you were going through the Wikipedia, did you happen to scroll down to the reception section? Uh, I, I skim past it right to the action figures. What did it say? <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess when there's like the legend begins, which is like, I believe it's the first four episodes put on a VHS um, mm. at in a movie style format. Uh, but I guess uh, Harleen Ellen, uh, Harlan Ellen of the Chicago Tribune did a review. And one of the lines from the review was just, all the characters move as if they have rigor mortis. <laughs> and that line just stuck out to me in a show about mummies. Yeah. Like, they are dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, it could be nothing, but that's my humor. And it just stuck out to me when I was like no, scrolling through yeah. the Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, of course they have rigor mortis. They're dead, sir. <laughs> they, they've been they've been dead for a while yeah <laughs> they All gotta right. limber up those joints they do especially in episode three yeah. uh, <laughs> all right so we're gonna watch the intro it's about a minute long uh we'll talk about this intro a little bit after it but like we'll let it play for a while because there is some dialogue all right if you want to watch along with us uh i'll be playing it in three two one play densest opening themes we've watched honestly it's it packs a lot of information in not very well <laughs> yeah the lyrics are just like but this happens this happens and they're mummies yeah and it, it doesn't really rhyme <laughs> no no and it doesn't explain why the title is called mummies alive right other than they're mummies and they're alive I guess. Yeah. 
Well, I guess they don't explain that in the first episode <laughs> at all. No. <laughs> I, I don't think they explain it in any of the episodes that I picked. No. But that's okay. Uh, but yeah, that intro was just... It felt kind of like... Maybe a little bit like a Tool song or like like a Primus song, where it was just very dense with information and like a little bit of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so we watched episode one, which was Ra 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 Ra. Yeah, and you gotta gotta count them. Gotta count them. There was four Ra's. Stay on beat with us. Yeah. Uh, and it opens. See, this is why I thought the show was based on the Mummies movie. Mm-hmm. Because it opens with a hoity-toity rich guy with a sweat around his his his, uh, his shoulders, opening a tomb, and everyone saying, you shouldn't open that, it's cursed. If you go in there, you're cursed now. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty sure is how the mummy opens. <laughs> Basically, I think so. It's been a minute since I've seen it, but it's like, I think... I feel like everything with a mummy in it begins this way for the most part. It's like that's true. We're we're in Egypt and we're opening a tomb we shouldn't be opening. Let's do it anyway. I want to, so I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they open the tomb. The guy walks in and doesn't see a. He doesn't see hieroglyphics. He sees like tick marks, like the four and then the five slash. Yeah. Uh, and he turns around and, is, and he gets spooked by the big bad. Yeah. Uh, well, he he said like this this isn't hieroglyphics. It was like it looks like they're someone's counting. And mm-hmm. it's like, but what what was he counting? He was in a tomb sealed off <laughs> from the world. So assu- presumably he wasn't counting like the di- cycle of the days or the years. Yeah. Unless he's got he's That's got a, a magical point. clock in there. You're right. <laughs> I or thought he was got... counting days, but he he can't see the sun to know when it's day. <laughs> right. uh, maybe he's got like an hourglass sitting in a corner and he's just precisely flipping it over every hour and just <laughs> keeping track. So so the bad guy, uh, his name is Scarab and he has this little uh, snake staff like mm-hmm. Jafar uh, called Hekka. So maybe Hekka was was turning the the sundial or was in there with him turning the sundial every hour maybe, i don't know maybe. not sundial the hourglass yeah. Sundial <laughs> yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. if you know out there what he was counting tweet at us at saturday <laughs> maybe maybe he's just got good wi-fi and his computer was hooked up <laughs> maybe uh so we cut from the the rich toity-toity man getting caught by the big bad to a city and there are kids skateboarding and we meet two kids with old man names we meet walter and presley (laughs) and they're just two kids skating around and then at this point we don't see walter again the like the scene changes and we don't see walter again until the third episode that we watched Mm. uh he he shows up very briefly to be like you know so presley can skate down the hill and then be like oh what took you Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you know he's cool because he w- he skated down the hill, and the other kid was afraid to. <laughs> you know he's cool because he's impatient. Yes, this is our hero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Presley goes down to the city museum. I don't know what city this is, but it's by the Frisco Bay because yeah, that's what it says I, in the intro. I believe it is San Francisco. Okay, so it's yeah, in San Francisco. 
I yeah, I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure it is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he he goes to the San Francisco Museum, I assume, uh, where his mom is working. <laughs> his mom's name is Amanda, I think we learn at some point. Uh huh. <laughs> and he walks in and she's on the phone. And she's just talking like, no, 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 mummies, mummies, no, 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 mummies. Uh, right. And she... he just pulls money out of her purse. <laughs> and she looks at him and nods. Yeah. And then he just like leaves. And I'm like, well, okay. No, he like, he like pulled the money out. And then he holds it up for like five money? seconds waiting for his mom to turn around just so he can get the nod and then go off. Yeah, he stole money from her purse with consent. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, their agreement. Exactly. And then he goes out to this very dark museum, mm-hmm. and he finds the uh, vending machines, and then he starts hearing this spooky voice, uh-huh. which doesn't get explained, uh, <laughs> I just a, realized. It's a ghostly no. voice that says, come back to me, my son. And Presley's like, yeah. Walter, Walter, is that you? Come on. This ancient again, man. Walter. Definitely Walter, who I haven't seen for a while and who I don't think came inside the building with me. Yeah. And then, uh, so he follows the voice to the exhibit, this mummy's exhibit, which is, I think it's, it's Rapsies is yep. the name on the yes. banner. Yes. On the banner. Uh, and he's wandering around and like the exhibit looks like it's fully open, except that he trips over a sarcophagus that's in the middle of the ground. Uh, it has, that's for a cat. Uh, yeah. He picks it up. He's like, why would they sarcophagize a cat, that poor cat? And he cries a little, wipes his tears away, and it starts to glow. Uh, <laughs> he wipes he says, his tears away. He's like, I, I don't like cats. Why am I so upset Yeah, by this dead cat? Yeah, and then suddenly all these statues he's been passing by come to life. Uh, and one of them has even been hiding as a security guard all this time, <laughs> as, right. a, as a night in the museum man. Mm. Right. Uh, well, we don't we don't know how long it was since Scarab no. got out and then arriving here. I assume he's been working all this time and is friends with all the staff. <laughs> there, there was also this weird thing too: is when Presley's wandering around, Scarab is standing there, like holding a mask and like talking to the mask. Yeah. I didn't write that down because I'm like that'll come up later and I'll take make, make a note of it then and then it doesn't. Yeah, like I I made a note of it too because it's like okay, what is this the significance of this mask? And it's like I don't think it shows back up again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't. So all of these statues come to life and start to grab Presley, and, and Scarab comes out, and suddenly, of the four sarcophaguses, I'm just going to call them sarcos. That's what I wrote in my notes. We're gonna say sar- we're gonna say sarcophagus a lot in this show. Sarcophagi is the plural. Uh, the sarcos are sitting there, and <laughs> the mummies just all jump out. There's they just jump out and they're ready to protect this kid. Uh, they all they're they're all suddenly alive and immediately screaming with the strength of Ra. Yeah. Yeah. And they and... they go into a morphic sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get their little animal spirits floating around and mm-hmm. battle armor. Yeah. There is to describe them there is the the main guy who you can tell he's the main guy cuz he's of average height while everyone else is of varying heights. <laughs> uh and he's he's speaks with an American accent like all of them cuz of course they do. Uh He's got a little bandage across his, his nose. Uh, got 
just regular guy. Uh, then you have uh, a big guy who's missing an arm, which is cool. Uh, they don't reference this at all in the episodes we watched, which is great. Don't need any validation for anyone with missing any limbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like like he gets his he gets his magical metal one for combat, but yeah. in day to day he just has an, one arm, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah I just, really liked that. Yeah, you don't see it a lot. Yeah, and we also have the very skinny man with a snake head, uh, or with a you know snake uh, appearing head. Uh, and then we have uh, a smaller figure with like cat stuff on them, uh, mm. and they go to town, start kicking mook ass, and the mooks are apparently called shabti, either in the ver or in the uh, plural noun where these are these are shabti or these are shabtis. I don't know, and they just start kicking these statues to pieces. And at one point, uh, the the main guy he's he's falcon. Big guy is ram, skinny guy is snake, and then a uh, smaller person is a uh, cat. Uh, so Falcon guy goes and like bifurcates one of the moves. Yes! And then stands on just the waist and leg standing there, does a backflip, and kicks another one, which was very good. It's amazing. I love to see and- just disembodied legs running around. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a couple <laughs> shots of that. They, they it, do a lot of, like, cutting these guys in half throughout mm-hmm. the various fight scenes in different episodes. These statues are not made well. These are probably made of actual gold. <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're like 3,000 years old. They've yeah. right. been around. They, they just crumble. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the cat person, I think they either put both their legs or both their arms through a statue, then do a backflip and knock them to the ground. Mm-hmm. Again, very cool. Uh, and then the cat jumps out, and the cat helps. The cat's running around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bad guy does his own morph sequence. And I want to talk about the bad guy's appearance. Let me if you can find a, a good picture here. Because uh, yeah. he just, like, rips his robe off. Yeah. And then gets armor. Like, the others have, like, a transformation where the armor just goes over him. He, like, rips his clothes off to make room for his armor. Yeah, he's got, like, little... He's a scarab, so he's got little, like two-toed feet and i assume his arms are the big arms because as a scarab he has tiny two arms and is coming out of his abdomen yeah which is like why did you do that <laughs> what do you need those tiny two arms for i could understand if those were your regular arms and you made big arms uh-huh. or even bigger arms but what do you need those arms for i guess they just hold stuff oh. <laughs> yeah it's like uh-huh. this is where i keep my pen i keep losing it <laughs> No one's going to take my pen this time. Uh, so yeah, they the Scarab goes to snatch up Presley and fly away with him. The mummies stop him. Uh, and then the mummies realize they have to get out of Dodge because they left a huge mess at this museum exhibit. They throw the cat up on the roof and pull yeah. one yeah, of they... the bandages off of it and use it as a grappling hook. To it's amazing. Out. And they send Armon up first, like the heaviest one of them. They send yeah. up first while the cat is struggling to hold onto the roof. Yeah. We we get our names here of the, the mummies. We get Armon is the big boy, which I don't know if that name is in good taste. No. Oh. Missing an arm. I, yeah. I was hoping it was a reference to something because I remember, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, like I looked up 
some of the stuff about the names. And I'm pretty sure this one just said, oh, it's a joke about uh, putting his arm on. And it's like, Ugh. It's an insensitive joke about an amputee. Great. Yeah. I mean, there, there could have been something about a ram, because that's like his, his yeah. animal. But Are rams prevalent in Egypt? I, I don't know. This <laughs> I considered this episode uh, as education for me in what animals lived in what places. I don't I, I don't know native Egyptian animals. That's fair. Like, I um, I imagine there there like there's goats in the Middle they? East and like Africa. So I imagine they they probably have access to goats at some point. I don't know about you know ancient Egypt. I, I imagine they must have. They must have. Uh, so, yeah, so before we learn the rest of their names, we learn them on, uh, and then Presley's like, we have to get out of here, come stay at my place, uh, and he just kind of shoves them into the, into his duplex, <laughs> Yeah, and... that, that feels like one of the most 90s thing, which yes. is just like, like, yeah. I found these the strange house. warriors, I'm gonna take them home with me and hide them in my room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And so they introduce themselves. The the bird guy is Jakal, which for most of my notes just calls him Jakar, like Jafar. And I didn't realize I was doing that until the very last episode. So uh, Jakal is the main guy who is uh, the bird guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Roth or Rath, R-A-T-H, yeah. is the skinny, snooty, smart guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they refer to the other, the cat person as uh nefer and and for a second i'm like oh this person looks uh afab maybe they're just like this is like a cool mummies alive says trans rights kind of thing no she's just like oh i'm actually uh nefertina and i'm a girl that disguised myself as a, as a guy to, so i could drive chariots but the whole of her disguise like she doesn't bind her chest no. she's got her midriff showing and you could like see her physique that way and she just put on a helmet to hide that she has long hair. Yep. <laughs> like and, and and they all act like, how long has this been happening? Because they make a joke about this is why you didn't swim with us in the Nile. Yeah, I, like, I think oh, it's, she's been hiding it all this time. I think it's so funny that basically the plot of Mulan is this lady's backstory, and it's just like this little, little like couple <laughs> sentences of exposition. Everybody just real fast. The, Thing that would be an entire narrative for somebody's life is like the basic intro for her and then she gets to be so many other things like she uh disguised herself as a man because only men were allowed to drive the chariots for the pharaoh and that's what she really wanted to do and she's like a speed demon here in modern times like as soon as she finds out what a car is she's driving cars all over the place nefertina is the best one Yes, yeah. she she was my favorite when I first saw this, and like she she always is like had a spot in my mind ever since I've seen this. Yeah, just like all Cree Summers characters, it's the best character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's hard to compete with, and she's yeah. in everything. Yeah, exactly. So the uh, mummies at this point, I, I sarco- sarcophaguses are now sarcos. The mummies are now the mums. Uh, the mums insist that uh, Presley is Rapses. Yes. The, on- the only son of a pharaoh. And Presley's like, oh no, I'm Presley Carnivon. I'm, I'm a kid. Uh, 
And we don't get an explanation on why he's the son of the pharaoh, but he later gets a cool necklace with a like a tablet on it. Yeah, they believe yeah. that he is the son of this pharaoh reincarnated. And uh, I guess it's implied that that is true. It would be very silly of the show to say the mummies believe this the whole time, and then it turns out they were wrong. They met some <laughs> other kid named Presley. But there is a, a clue to this where uh, Nefertina is talking about how the only person who knew she was really a woman was the pharaoh's son. And like Presley looks at her immediately and says, that's a girl. Yeah, yeah, guys, this is a girl. And she's like, yes, I am. The boy is correct. The boy knows. Right. Well, the other mummies are just like, like, there's kind of like minimal talking from them, but they're like, oh, you're just a boy. How would he know? And like this while, while she's getting up and like taking off her helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they do the whole introduction and then they like swear themselves to uh, Presley. Like, okay, we're going to protect you forever now. You will not be getting rid of us. Uh, and they, uh, Presley asks about their, like, their morphin time transformation. And they're like, oh, we can only really do that, like, once per long rest. Oh. <laughs> uh, so they have to go back to their sarcophaguses, yeah. which uh, so an old man appears at the museum and says, this exhibit is a wreck. Ship it all back to Egypt. Here's $10 million. Do what I say. And... Yeah. It's not hard to figure out that this man, who calls himself Mr. Stone, is in fact Scarab. Yeah, he he has the same voice, which yeah. makes it feel like he's been established here for a while, just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Unless unless he just like replaced this guy very recently, but he's like a known guy that like uh, Presley's mom and her boss both know and recognize. Yeah. I think I think he had like he must have escaped like in the eighties or something and built himself up mm. because he has a big building in the middle of city which yeah if you didn't think this guy was the villain before let me tell you this building is a big pyramid (laughs) (laughs) which is something well it doesn't really have a pyramid there is a famous building in San Francisco that it's like a very tall skinny triangle no you say triangle do you mean the two D shape. Tall skinny pyramid, yes, yes. Thank you. Okay, big building in San Francisco. What's the name of the big building? Ah, the Salesforce Tower. Oh, okay. Oh, no, 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 that's the tallest one. The second tallest one is the Transamerica Pyramid. So it's interesting that they build him just another similar pyramid for him to live in. (laughs) I and like this... this building. Make one more for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to San Francisco. We're a two-pyramid city. This is why we built this Egyptology museum here, <laughs> which is also shaped like a sphinx. They built, like, just a full yeah. entire sphinx. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's an, that ends up being the mums. Uh, I'm either going to call them the mums or the mummies alive. There's no middle. <laughs> uh, the four friends. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> This is where the found family ends up making their base. But yeah, so yeah. At, at this point, the Dr. Stone is shipping away the other sarcophaguses, the sarcos, and the mummies uh, steal a car. They steal the, the, dire- the museum director's car, uh, 
and they do this by Roth just bringing it to life because he's like, <laughs> I'm magic. I can work with. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just magically hotwires the car, and all the doors pop open. Yeah. Now there there was something that stood out like a little bit before this is like Presley has presumably been around Egypt themed stuff like his entire life. Mm-hmm. That's like his mom's whole job, and he hangs out there. He d- never says sarcophagus one time. And this one, no. like he calls them sarcopha wetsits, and I think he calls them like sarcopha thingies later on. Yeah. But he never ever says the word sarcophagus. He's he's on my side. Sarcophagus <laughs> is too long to say. Call him sarcos. <laughs> but what a rare treat it is to get to say sarcophagus. Like you can't fit it into your everyday words. It's. I think you could if you tried. It's too long to spell in Scrabble. Like, it's not impossible, but, like, all the stars would have to align for you to get to play that in Scrabble. That would be the Scrabble Exodia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So all the Sarkovs are getting shipped back to Egypt. They steal the car and chase after it. Uh, And they finally, like, tear open a hole in the top and climb in. When cop cars are stopping it, I guess for like a checkpoint or something, uh, and the cops are actually all uh, the Shadi. Is that or Shati? Shab Shabti, I believe. Shabti, thank you. The the Shabti, who are just in disguise, another job. I'm sure they're in in uniformed jobs all over the San Francisco, uh, <clears throat> and they they pull the drivers out and go to destroy the vehicle. With all the Sarkos and the mums inside. Yeah. Like, because they, they not only broke into this truck, they broke into this truck without the drivers being aware of it, and then immediately just climbed into their sarcophagi for a nap. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you going to do? I, the, the plan was never to, like, remove them from the yeah! truck like, break the, and go somewhere else. They were just like, wherever this truck is going, we'll be well rested when it gets there. <laughs> Honestly, if someone stole my bed, I would go find that bed and sleep in it, not get it back. You need to rest before you move a bed. Exactly. They used up all their spell slots. They needed a short rest. Exactly. It's pretty much how it works. Yeah. Uh, so then the, so yeah, they, they ambush it and go to destroy it. Presley shows up and... Uh, we get the the catchphrase as the mums tear out of the of the car in their armor, and they say "Let's kick tut," which is a joke from earlier in the episodes when Presley says, "You guys need to go kick butt," and they're like, "Why would we kick tut?" Uh, and I like that that first joke just becomes their catchphrase for the rest of the show. Right, <laughs> right. Like they do, they still don't understand what he means, but they're like, "Well, the our prince said it." In an inspirational manner, like it must be cool. It must be what we're supposed to do. We we shall kick tut. <laughs> exactly. If this is what the prince needs. This is what he shall receive. We'll kick whatever the yes. prince demands. At this point, we get another action sequence where they're they're fighting a bunch of mooks. Uh, at one point, Roth turns his head into a real snake, uh, and Scooby Doo sound effects eats the head of the Shabti. Yeah. Uh, which I, I have a question for you guys. If your head would turn into a snake, would it would it work where where the tail of the snake would end, your your neck would begin, or would you just have your neck start in the middle of a snake? 
Wait, so you're saying like I could have my entire body and then from my neck on starts an entire full snake? Yes. So it's just like a little rattle and then the rattle's like on top of my neck. And is my neck just like a smoothed over flesh hump or is it exposed? Either way, how would you do it? I don't know. I'd like to have a snake head. I'd like to have like the half snake head where I can just sort of wiggle it around like a giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Like having having that much neck slash body, that feels very disorienting. Yeah. Oh, and l- I no, I would, I would like to just have an entire coiled up snake in a bundle on top of my oh. neck. Oh. I like that. There you yeah, go. That's, that's, that's my team too. I would just start my neck in the middle of a snake and I would just have a snake going out in either way. <laughs> like a terrible hammerhead shark <laughs> now what if i want one of my arms to be a snake like that like that xavier renegade angel show <laughs> uh then yes you would be allowed this. i'm allowed that option okay uh so the mums uh grab the truck and they start driving away with all the moose hanging off of it and then they, they just get rid of all the mooks, drop Presley off at his house, and go sleep in that Sphinx. And that's the end of episode one. Yeah. I mean, it was more or less like, yeah, like Presley fell out of the car for a second and they pulled him back up. Oh, yeah, the seatbelt joke. Um, yeah, they warned him about wearing a seatbelt because they all fell out of the car earlier on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like they, they drop him off at home after like Scarab gets... Like, because Scarab landed on top of the truck and then got smacked off by an overpass. And then they drop him off and be like, oh, we know a place where we're going to take this. And then the episode ends. Yeah. Like, they don't say where or where they're going or anything like that. Yeah. End of episode. Yeah, they. I think it flashes to the Sphinx and it's implied that they're going to sleep there. Yeah, they they don't say it. Live in the museum all the time, not just at night. Yeah. But. Took a peek at the second episode just because I was curious because we had that cut off. <laughs> What's the I aftermath? watched like two minutes of it. Like the episode starts with uh, Presley. He has that necklace tablet around his neck. Mm. It's a key card that lets him into a secret room in the museum where they have their workshop with their car and their other vehicles and stuff. Like they're already established by yeah. episode two. <laughs> Like, there is no setup time. We are, like, right into it. They're that capable. They're that dedicated to their prints. We figured out not only key card technology, but uh, supercars. Supercars. Which they call the Hot Raw. I don't know if it ever came up in these episodes, (laughs) but it's called the Hot Raw. The Hot Raw. That's right. Does the motorcycle have a name? I don't remember. The Raw Cycle? It, It probably does. (laughs) <laughs> but I like the the car is the one that just like stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. The car is like a it's like a Formula One <laughs> hot, like Hot Wheels car. It's a full dragster. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's very gaudy to look at. It's all blinged out. <laughs> it's not subtle. <laughs> but it's no. got four <laughs> seats in it. Yeah, and it also ejects from the Sphinx's mouth. Yeah, they've got a. They got a ramp and everything. Yeah. So next we have episode ten, 
Uh, what was the name of this episode? I didn't write it down. Pause. Pause. That's what it was. Uh, and we open on we open on Nefertina like looking in the mirror and like putting the last final touches on her outfit, which is like a red and white ensemble with like a beret and a big coat. Mm-hmm. And as she's putting on like the sunglasses, Jakar just Jakal. That's where I wrote Jakar. Jakal just starts just walks up and just puts her on blast. And he's like, "Hey." Is that attractive? Is that appearance supposed to be attractive? (laughs) And just calls her out. Like right out the gate. You don't need to do that. Look, you only have four friends in the world. And one of them is (laughs) Tina. And she's the best of the friends. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So we cut to a museum tour. Uh, (laughs) Presley is there. His mom is guiding the tour. Dressed like a cat. Yeah, everyone's dressed like a cat because it's the Bastet uh, exhibit, and like everyone has little like big cat head, like ha- cat it's like ear Mickey, hats, Mickey Mouse ears. But yeah, cats. yeah. Except for uh, Amanda, who is just in like full, like she just needs the makeup to be in like the Cats musical ensemble. <laughs> right. Yeah. She takes her job very seriously. Yeah. Well, she she has the the reference. To like, uh, like stop by for a saucer of milk on your way out, or if you need to use the litter box, they're right by the exit. <laughs> Please like... don't poop in our box. <laughs> You're I a mean, grown man. They... <laughs> it's an Egyptian museum. They probably have big buckets of sand somewhere <laughs> for pooping. Uh, so while they're in the exhibit, uh, Nefertina. Uh, walks up to the Bastet statue and the little, like, she has like a little uh, pendant on the statue, mm. uh, similar to the pendants that the mummies wear, and it zaps Nefertina's pendant uh, and sends a big, like, energy ghost of a cat up into the sky. Uh, and then... That's, that's uh, what it was. What's that? I said that's exactly what it was. There's yeah, no other way to describe that. Yeah, it's an Sorry. energy ghost. You're good. <laughs> So we cut back to the HQ, the the under the Sphinx. Uh, no one's around, and suddenly, the sacred cat, which they just kept, uh, is walking around and starts hissing at Nefertina. I think the cat gets a name at some point, but we don't hear it till the third episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her name is Kati. Kati, that's what it is. Um, and she starts. Well, let's replace. Uh, she starts hissing. And attacking Nefertina, and Nefertina goes full transformation, like throws her off of her, like what's your problem? Uh, and then Nefertina's head turns into a cat head, a big cat head. Yeah, she's like full <laughs> weird cat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and she, what's next? This. She goes like full quadrupedal, like on her hands and knees, and just kind of runs out. Yeah, so this uh, Bastet statue has, like, an artifact in it that is interacted with one of uh, Tina's artifacts, and it (laughs) just wakes up Bastet, who sends his cat laser into the sky and is now in control of every cat in the metropolitan San Francisco area, including big cats. Like, she's in charge of the lions and tigers at the zoo. (laughs) And she... Like, the lions just 
jump over their fence, which was like a chain link fence anyway, and they could probably climb and leave whenever they wanted to. <laughs> they were just waiting for a signal, but they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just waiting for some sort of cat goddess to serve. And she sets up a base in like some local park where she has a, a, a royal bed. Like, just a beautiful bed to lounge on. She's surrounded by all these cats who do her bidding. And she's upset that uh, Presley, being as he is, the the pharaoh of these times, pretty much, she's like, well, the pharaohs always worshipped me. They always gave me all these offerings. What do you have to give me? Like, I think you've got quite a bit of debt to pay. So she sends all these cats after Presley to get him to, like, serve her and bring her gifts and i don't know milk or and something build, build cat temples <laughs> because they're like all the cats show up to like when she summons them but no humans show up to worship her and she's really put out about that <laughs> yeah i mean she's not wrong like there are humans that worship cats just not here yeah they just didn't get the memo that you're here and you're alive they didn't know what that cat laser in the sky meant <laughs> so i think this is the point where like cats start attacking the they start is this did they rescue or do they capture presley yet uh like this would be uh when nefertina blasts a hole in their base that's right like, yeah and then shows up with the two lions and the tiger from the zoo that's mm-hmm. right and then and that's when we see the uh the what, what was the name of the car again the hot, the hot raw. raw the hot raw that's when we see the hot raw jump out of the mouth of the sphinx uh and not much not long after a bunch of cats attack the car itself and it just drives into the bay and sinks to the bottom and we don't see it again for the rest of the episode (laughs) um oh no we do see it later but they don't they don't show them recovering it um and at that point nefertino captures presley and I'm surprised they didn't go with, like, the cats hating water trip because, like, Nefertina just dove right into the bay after (laughs) Presley knocked out uh, Armin and Wrath and just took him and ran off. Yeah, I was expecting them to be like, okay, you lost, but you won this round because the cats aren't going in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the cats just jump in and swim around. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get the mummies' names for a while. Like, I Nefertina I knew, of course. Iconic. But I didn't, like, yeah. catch everybody else's names when they were first said. So my notes just say, like, uh, the blue and green get into a fight and squash purple in the middle. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's infighting back at the Mum HQ. And it seems like they don't get along as well without uh, Nefertina. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, they just start fighting each other. And Jakal is pretty much, like, he tr- she tried to hurt... Uh, Presley, so I'm gonna try and kill her because my prince yeah. is in danger. Yeah, like, I will and... go through her no matter what. And Wrath is just like, I think I can find a way to reverse it. And Jacal's just, no, I'm going after them right now with no plan. <laughs> I'm gonna go fight them head on and get Presley back. Yep, yep. his only goal. But yeah, so Presley <laughs> is like trying to escape. Uh, there's a bunch of like cops around here, but they don't really do anything. There's, there's like, like big geez. massive cats. Yeah, what's there's the deal cats. with all the cats? Yeah, like they they had a scene. Like he get 
got captured in like the late afternoon and like cop cars and like a SWAT van pull up and then like it cuts back to the mummy's base and then back here and suddenly it's nighttime the <laughs> cops are just hanging out talking about all these cats yeah what else are they gonna do <laughs> <laughs> just send them down there to watch the cats like we don't know what we're going to yeah. do just keep an eye on them I, I think they said, like, I don't know whether we call the National Guard or Animal Control. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so they're um, just hanging out, making sure the cats are still there. And that's when, so Presley's trying to escape, and Bastet catches him. He's like, nah-uh-uh, not so fast. But right when uh, Bastet asks, or orders Nefertina to kill him, uh, Presley pulls out a tuna sandwich yeah. uh, out of his backpack and like throws it up in the air and then yeah. suddenly it's like a fight between Bastet and Nefertina over this tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> it's, it's Chekhov's tuna fish sandwich because I'm pretty sure they mentioned it like yeah. towards the beginning of the episode. Exactly. And it's just been hanging out in his backpack all day. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, at this point, Rath zips in on a motorcycle on the raw cycle uh, and kind of just scoops up Presley and then throws the amulet from the Bastet statue into the air. And I think I thought for a second, like the lions and the tigers, just like their spirits went into the stone and it exploded, but I don't know what happens. But yeah, pretty much eventually the stone explodes. Yeah. Like for the lions and the tiger got turned into smoke. And yeah. look like they got absorbed, but those were like real cats that came from the zoo, <laughs> yeah. and all the regular house cats were fine. Yeah, so I don't know what happened, but assumedly Roth just killed these cats <laughs> as a oh, sacrifice no. to to kill Bastet. So, and uh, and yeah, and then it just it just releases a bunch of cats just out yeah. back into the world. And this That's is why zoos seen. are bad. <laughs> they yeah. just they just sacrifice lions and tigers to Bastet for no reason. <laughs> That's why all of our current uh, cat worshipping places are not orthodox. Uh, okay, so we cut to... We don't cut to anywhere. So that's the end of episode 10. <laughs> yep, the, ca- the cats run off, and it's like, end of episode. Right. Yeah, end of episode. There's oh, not yeah. a lot of wrap-up in these. Although Tina does also say, uh, you had no choice to call. I would have done the same in your place. So she also would have viciously attacked herself. <laughs> <laughs> to protect Presley. They're all like so absolutely Presley focused. Like we don't care if we murder each other. We don't care if we murder the citizens of San Francisco. As long as this boy with a skateboard is all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to say real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. The car is the hot raw. The motorcycle is called the jet cycle. And I assume it flies. Okay. The plane that we see in the next episode is called the Skycophagus. <laughs> and there is a boat that doesn't show up in any of these episodes, but it's called the Nihilator. The That's Nihilator. So, those are all very toyetic. Yeah. But let those live in the back of your mind. Okay. I'll never forget <laughs> Skycophagus. <laughs> or Nihilator. That's great. Uh, so we cut to episode 19, which is the next episode we watched. Um, that is, what was the name of that episode? Missing, Missing Jacal. Yep. Okay. So yeah, all I have is at the top of my notes, uh, a banner that says Night of the Living Dance. Uh, yeah. And I, I thought it was a school dance, but they're yeah. in the youth center. 
And I, I, I've never been to public school. Like I was privately schooled for most of my mm-hmm. life. Did, did you ever have like a, a middle school dance and then go out and set up flyers for it around town? Exactly. So, I thought that was so strange. So when I saw they were in a youth center at the end of the episode, I'm like, okay, it makes sense to invite the general public to like a youth center and not to your school. Right. The only thing I could think that was similar to this was if it was a dare dance, mm-hmm. which I've only heard of but never gone to. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's Night of the Living Dance. It's a costume themed dance party in no particular season, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not explicitly like fall or Halloween time. It's no. just like we feel like being spooky. This is Halloween creep. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we see Walter for the first time since episode one. Uh, he's there with the planning pr- planning committee and all these kids getting the this gym ready. Uh, and Presley is crushing on uh, a girl named Cynthia Lou, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's Walter's and, sister. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and he Walter or not Walter Presley walks out with a bunch of flyers to hand out because she asked him to. Uh, and the moms are just like, hey, Presley, we're here. They're, they're hanging out by a dumpster <laughs> being like, we're, we're keeping an eye on things and being security. Yeah. 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 We're going to be four new chaperones for all of these strangers, mm-hmm. but mostly for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do, like, we get like a nice little moment here where they're like teasing him about his crush and mm-hmm. like, oh, this is like a nice little, like, this is like a found family moment, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. It's it's sweet. And he says that he wants to go hang up all these flyers to impress Cynthia. And I think Armand says, who's Empress Cynthia? <laughs> and they're talking about the dance and he very insistently, apropos of nothing, says, I won't dance. Don't ask me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't ask me. Not again. Uh and then while they're teasing him, Jakal just kind of like has trouble with his arm for a second. Yeah, ex- I think he says his, his arm goes numb. Yeah, he's experiencing hard arm lasting longer than an hour. <laughs> uh, call your doctor. Call your doctor. Call call your mommy. And <laughs> Jakal is acting very bossy. Like he's like, it seems like in the last episode, like he talked about like, I'm the leader and I'm going to boss you around. Because they act like, oh, he's doing his leader shtick again. Mm. Uh, and he's, like, bossing them around, but also trying to, like, hide the, like, don't look at me. I'm, in, I'm like, injured. Don't mind uh, me. Right. I uh, have to be strong. I so, can't show weakness. Exactly. <laughs> he's very proud. Yeah. So, like, they're getting ready. They're talking about preparations for protecting the dance. And he gets in the cycle at one point because he's, like, feeling woozy. And he's like, I, I, talking to the to the cat, he's like, I, I can't tell them. What am I going to do? And, like, he starts feeling woozy while he's in the car. And uh, Presley walks in, and something happens where uh, Jakal just kind of, like, backs the car up and, and, like, crashes it, almost hitting Presley. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't believe I did that. You should have been doing, like, watching where you're going. Right. Uh, and he's like, I guess I can't control what's happening to me. I'll dip and let them take care of the dance. So he yeah. like writes writes a note saying, gone hunting. I need to work on my, my 
instincts. We'll be back later. You guys got this. Yeah. I think there's like a brief cutaway. Yeah. That shows Scarab like doing evil magic on a falcon statue. Mm -hmm. And because Jakal's spirit totem animal is the falcon, it's, you know, oh, he's affecting the falcon. Therefore, he's affecting Jakal. Just to give like exposition for why Jakal's getting like feeling weird. Yeah, it's like a weird like voodoo bird thing. But he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't explain it. Scarab yeah. doesn't know he's like is, I just I'm gonna poke I'm gonna poke at this wooden bird and it's gonna hurt this guy. I think the way the show's logic goes is that any two artifacts may be connected to each other. If you have artifacts of the same animal, they are linked. <laughs> They'll do exactly. stuff to each other. I want to say that Scarab has this living uh, uh, staff snake. Like Carrie Elwes mm-hmm. has in the movie Ella Enchanted, it's a snake that is also a staff, and it lives and talks to him. Uh, and she's yeah. just sitting there eating chips while he's doing magic. <laughs> yeah, and like sassing at him. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. I forgot that Carrie Elwes was an Ella Enchanted. Yeah, he's the bad guy with the snake staff. You're right. <laughs> That's such a good movie, I forgot. Um yeah, so we cut to the costume the costume party. All these costumes are great, by the way. Like, none of these kids got, like, their parents to make it at the last minute. Everyone's yeah. wearing, like, very good makeup. Everyone, uh, like, was in the Halloween spirit for yeah. whatever time of year this is. <laughs> Everyone is killing it, and one person is dressed as Red Skull. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's also... Yes. <laughs> the Red Skull is very remarkable. There's also a Dracula in jeans who I love. I missed that one. Like, I definitely they're not saw blue the pants. Skull. They're like very clearly jeans. Yeah, I didn't see the Red Skull, but I was I was surprised when you guys were talking about it before the show because it feels like the show just kind of references superheroes and gets away with it. <laughs> it's the yeah. magic of mummies. Mummy magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the costume dance is going like pretty well. Uh, Nefertina is like dancing with, uh, I think like assuming like the principal or like the guy in charge that Amanda was talking to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Roth sees someone who was ke- who was like eyeing uh, Presley, who yeah. she just has a crush on Presley. Mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. And yes. so he's like following her, like she's following my my prince. Yeah, she's he's up stalking to a child. I don't he's understand a what a crush is. I've never had one. <laughs> I don't understand love. Only science and snake. Uh, Armand's uh, having the best night. He's like, I, I, as previously stated, he will not dance. Don't ask him. So he's guarding the snack table, and at some point, he's just under the table, just eating sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't he start out, like, next to it, like, yeah. some normal person? He was eating a lot, but, you know, next to it. And then he just, like, it cuts away from him and cuts back, and then he's under the table <laughs> with arms full of snacks. Just hiding yeah. under a tablecloth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Presley is dressed as Frankenstein's monster, and Cynthia is dressed as Frankenstein monster's bride. <laughs> and... Uh, they're like, oh, we'll save a dance for each other later. And then Cynthia is like, hey, what's going on at the snack table? <laughs> and she catches Armand and like pulls him out. And Presley's like, oh, no, that's my 
Someone I don't know. <laughs> hey, those <laughs> snacks aren't are for everyone. Mm-hmm. And like, well, he says those snacks are for guests, and it's like, is he not a guest? Like, you were putting up indiscriminate flyers earlier. <laughs> Who was a guest here? <laughs> Who is allowed to be here, Presley? <laughs> Presley's in charge. Presley's pulling the strings. I'm the pharaoh of this dance. <laughs> <laughs> That was his true power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he like pushes a, a punch bowl out of Armand's hands, and like it gets all over Cynthia, and she's like, "You've ruined the dance." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, <laughs> you're just angry. It's you're so, angry yeah. a kid." It somehow collapses her entire bride of Frankenstein hair. It's all down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so. And then I think Amanda calls Presley over. His mom calls him over and is like, there's a bunch of mummies here. Do you know these guys? <laughs> they say you'll vouch for them. What's, what's the, what's the like, deal here? Uh, like, I hired them. They're performers. Yeah. I wanted a good dance. So I hired three performers. And in the meantime, he's just like, Picking up his like little amulet and just like Jacal, Jacal, I'm I'm in over my head. Get over here, Jacal. <laughs> no, nobody's in charge. Jacal, we need no. someone to be the adult. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and mean, meanwhile, Jacal is passed out in an alley. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a scene where he was flying around, mm-hmm. and then Scarab made him fall out of the sky. And he lands in this alley. And then Scarab is like, uh, search every corner and alleyway within a mile. And it's like, how well was your plan thought through? It's like, you didn't bring him to any location. You brought him to the general area and <laughs> hope your people can find him yeah. before he wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mooks find him. And for a second, it looks like they're just going to capture him. But they just leave like a tracking device. Like, not yeah. like... So on the, in the future, it's like on his back, but I think they just leave it like on his head or something. I, I don't remember where they left it. Yeah. But it is, it is wild to me that his grand plan is he's weak in Jakal and he's like, I've got him alone and away from his friends. And instead of doing anything about that, I'm just going to track him so I can fight all four of them together, like <laughs> I usually do, where they can back each other up. <laughs> like his big plan is just to do the same thing at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a good point. That's <laughs> that's not good villain logic. No. No. He's, <laughs> he's not very confident villain yeah, scarab is not i so we were initially confused about what episode we were supposed to watch so i also watched episode 11 in addition to this uh the curse oh, of yeah. Sekhmet. the plot of which is that scarab has a cold i i like he's some, he's undead so i don't know how he has a cold but he caught a cold he's miserable like his snakes are making him orange juice and she's like no just chill out like just rest for a couple days it'll be fine it'll go away and he's like no i'm miserable i won't live like this so he summons a goddess to say like hey can you fix this can you make this go away and the snake was warning him like she's the goddess of like sickness and health but she's got a real fiery temper she's very powerful you don't want to cross her so yeah she summons this goddess to 
<laughs> to cure his cold. And she's like, wow, now that I'm out here in the world, I'm going to wreck some stuff. Bye. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. I, I sent you the wrong episode and didn't <laughs> tell you until today because to, like I usually watch them episodes day of. So that's my it's, bad. It's okay. That episode also involved Presley getting turned into a frog. <laughs> His final form. And he's like a full... He, not he, He's Presley-sized and he's a frog. He's not a small frog. Well, oh my god. That sounds, that sounds even more amazing. <laughs> but it, it raises so many questions about exactly how alive these like mummies are. Yeah. Because yeah. in, in the pause episode, when Presley's getting captured, Jakal dives into the water and goes and saves Wrath and Armon, who are like sinking. And I wonder if that's so they don't drown. Like, maybe these mummies need to breathe. Yeah, I mean, Armand keeps eating. They have some biological needs. They must live in some way. So this raises a question that I didn't uh, ask earlier, but why are they still wearing bandages? Yeah. Right. Unless they have, like, open wounds, but that's not... Right. I mean, you have to know they're mummies somehow. Yeah. Like, if they didn't have bandages, they'd just be gray people, and that could be anything. <laughs> this, this could be zombies alive. Year old people. Ghouls alive. Yeah, bandages says mummy. Yeah, you you have to have the branding. Yeah. I wonder what that had to have originated in some kind of classic, like, 1920s film or something like that. Where it was like the first on-screen depiction of a mummy, oh. which then set the bar for every other depiction of a mummy. Mm. Just like Dracula for vampires. Yeah, all Dracula's yeah. got to have that medallion. Exactly. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the the dance was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, like it cuts cut... back to the dance, and it's like trashed. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't say what happens. No, but. Presley is sitting on a chair in the middle of the room. The whole place is trashed, and there is a lone janitor with a push broom, <laughs> just kind of quietly sweeping up. Yeah, and he's and Presley's just like, sitting in a chair in the middle, just like a very sad monster. Like, why aren't the kids cleaning up after their dance? Like, they did the setup. Shouldn't they be like there with a couple of adults doing the cleanup as well? Or are yeah. they just going to come back tomorrow? Is this lone janitor's whole job to undo this entire wreck of a room that they left over? I can only imagine that <laughs> immediately after a party, everyone's going to crash. And the and you can clean up tomorrow. You just have to get rid of all the food and stuff tonight. Yeah. So it's not an issue tomorrow. That's the only thing I could think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can clean up tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chakal regroups with the mums. They're just hanging out next to the garbage cans in the in the auditorium, in the gym. Uh, and then Scarab just kind of swoops in and starts to fight them and realizes, like, oh no, you're just as powerful as you were before. I don't know what would have changed. 
<laughs> right. Like, Jakal just, like, he starts using the statue on Jakal to weaken him, and Jakal's just like, I need help. And then Nefertina, like, comes in, grabs the statue, and smashes it, and everything's fine. Yep. <laughs> Just, just like with all voodoo, get rid of it. It'll yeah. look fine. All you have to do is oh. ask for help. There, There's this amazing moment where I guess the janitor had stepped outside. He comes back yeah. in, sees the mummies all geared up, facing off against Scarab and his mooks. And he's just like, coffee break, and like turns around and walks back outside. <laughs> He says it in like a very high pitched yeah. voice too. Like, it's like coffee yeah, break. It's like, coffee break. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like worried. He's just like, I guess I'm gonna go take a break now. I'm not I'm not gonna be here for this while they trash this enough. room again. Yeah. I just cleaned up this trash. Uh so yeah, all the you know, the mummies win, Scarab runs off, and they and Jakal says to, to to Presley, I keep wanting to call him Russell, and I don't know why. He keeps saying he says to Presley, uh, "Well, I guess we can try again next year. Sorry, we ruined your dance. Uh, something, something. Pride cometh before the fall." Oh yeah, like it says in your proverbs. Yeah. Which I don't know how that timeline shakes out, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And that and that's just the end of the episode and that's uh that was Mummies Alive. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was it was amazing like revisiting this cuz this this is a show that just lives like takes up space in my mind constantly. <laughs> and to know there's other people out there that know about this show and now hopefully even more people will know about this show. It it makes me happy. Well, it makes us happy that you were able to come on and join us today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You're definitely welcome back for anything else you want to, you want to cover at all. But yeah, this, uh, this show was like, it was really good. I will probably mm-hmm. watch more. It's yeah. got, I mean, it's, it's, you know, written well. I ended up really liking the characters. Uh, I would like to see more character development of, of this, like, found family of, of mummies and mm-hmm. boy yeah but yeah overall i i would recommend yeah and it's like if you don't have streaming services it's like there are versions on youtube yeah it just exist so you don't have to go out of your way if you yeah. don't want to go watch it before youtube takes <laughs> it down yeah i mean i don't know if there's anything against it it looked like i didn't see what the dates are on the videos but it, it looked like they've been there for a while yeah but hopefully this isn't the the thing that alerts me it's like oh no we gotta get on this hey hey shout out to anybody that works at youtube that's listening uh don't forget to go on itunes and leave us a five star (laughs) yeah uh yeah thank you guys thank you so much for joining us this was your recommendation Mm -hmm. as the guest uh, last time it was mine. Mel, what's your recommendation? What are we watching next time? We are coming up on Space Jam, a, a new legacy. That's it, right? The legacy's <laughs> yes. new now? Yeah, that's... It, is that the official subtitle? Yeah. That's, that's either coming out at the time of this release 
or has been out at the time. This okay, I didn't out. walk very. I didn't like plan it out week by week. I just realized, oh hey, if sure. I want to do something in honor of Space Jam, I should get it in now, long ahead of time. So I wanted to watch some Looney Tunes media, and we are going to be watching the uh, Cartoon Network adaptation of the show from like 2011 2012 this is just called the looney tunes show and this is a sitcom where bugs and daffy are roommates yeah. <laughs> uh i watched this a little bit when uh we were living together at our parents house and it's it's really good <laughs> I, I this show is very fun N- nobody really talks about it it was from some of the same creative team as scooby-doo mystery incorporated and it aired at around that same time so that was a a, a great time to be watching cartoon network so i wanted to watch some of that this is now on hbo max very helpful and i think i'd like to watch the episodes uh season one episode 22 beauty school and then two from season okay. two episode four rebel without a glove and episode 14 dear john Fantastic. All right. How is we'll deer be... spelled? Hmm? Oh. Sorry? Oh. How is deer spelled? Oh, like imagine? like you were addressing John. Yeah, it's it's, it's okay. not an animal okay. pun. It sure. is not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just this checking. Is, this is not the Fall Out Boy music <laughs> video or the upcoming Netflix TV show <laughs> Sweet Tooth based on the comic by Jeff Lamar. <laughs> yeah. So look forward to that next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy us, uh, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes or anywhere else where you can leave a review. If you can, send us a screenshot of that review and we'll read it on air. Um, If you'd like to give us recommendations of things to watch, like Sarah here, uh, you can let us know via email, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com or on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. I am at James Wilk if you want to talk to me about the show or anything else. Uh, Sarah, where can people find you? Uh, I mean, I'm not a lot of places. I'm on Twitter, I believe, at Sarah someone. Uh, Sarah's S-E-R-A and someone is spelled like someone. Um, I don't do a lot of my own. I do a lot of like social justice, like amplification and queer and um, like... neurodivergent uh just messages and relatable memes and stuff like that i'm i mostly use my platform to like boost other people or spread things or you know share relatable stuff i don't use it a lot on my own but if you're interested in any of that like i mean you're free to follow me hell yeah nice great uh Mel, where can people uh, find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That's Whatnots, spelled like astronauts. And I'm on The Review Show every week, which is a book club-style media discussion show. We're talking about a different movie or season of a TV show or a couple volumes of a comic every week. And The Captain's Log, which is our weekly off topic nonsense chat show nice well be sure to check those things out uh sarah at the end of the show we always say relax kick back it's saturday would you like to lead us off yes i would uh relax kick back it's saturday it's it saturday. is saturday exclamation point. <laughs> saturday's alive <laughs>
We are working on the security for this public costume ball that you are planning to attend. We're setting up lookout posts, escape routes, like the lion. Please, Dr. Doolittle, no animal stories right now. I gotta deliver these to Empress Cynthia. Who is Empress Cynthia? No, the girl he has a crush on. He wants to impress her. How could she not be impressed by our prince? Look, I'll be fine as long as you guys stay out of sight and don't cramp my style. Hmm, perhaps we should adopt costume disguises. What disguises? We just go to the dance. We'll blend right in. I won't dance. Don't ask me. <laughs> 